Welcome Black. Welcome Black. <laughs> you are listening to the Seeds of Revolution, Daughters of the Whirlwind podcast. Where we discuss legacy, history, resistance, and forward movement. The revolution is live. Hey. <laughs> hey sisters. Hey y'all. What's going on? Oh, life. Right, lots Absolutely. going on. Absolutely. There's a lot happening. Life life. Mm-hmm. As always. As yes. Always. And it will continue. Mm-hmm. Enjoying it. Taking it in day by day. That's all mm-hmm. we can do. Yes indeed. Yep, that's what it is to live in the whirlwind. To roll with it. Just yes. roll and flow. Yes. And we roll. And we rolling. <laughs> Picture me rolling. <laughs> I don't remember the lines. <laughs> I remember when I hear the music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It all comes flooding back. Yeah. I know every every lyric. Yeah. Yes. Comes flooding back to me. All right. So we have two special guests today. Um, one is calling all the way from Gambia, West Africa. Um, and the other guest is also calling from out of the state. Mm -hmm. And so we are very excited and honored to have with us today sisters, um, our sister cousins, our movement struggle comrades, um, our, oh gosh, our friends, right? (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. Um, Olimata Tao and Mayai Hoshemi. Welcome y'all. Welcome. Hey, sisters. Hey. Thank hey. you, beautiful women. Thank you for having us on Daughters of the World Win. Thank yes. you for Thank joining you. Thank us. Thank you for joining. Accepting our invitation. Yes. Yes, yes. So um, we want to first hear from you all, if you could tell us just a little bit about yourselves, um, and then we'll get into some conversation about your role, um, your status or position as Daughters of the Whirlwind, as Seeds of Revolution Mm -hmm. um, in this movement of ours. So, Oli Mata Tao, why don't you go ahead and start? Greetings, greetings, everybody. Greetings, my sisters. Um, (laughs) Beautiful to be on the show, be invited. Um, I love what what y'all are doing um, across the nation and just galvanizing different people um, addressing different issues. Um, for those of you that don't know me, um, again, I'm an international publicist, journalist, and activist. Currently, I'm actually at the United Nations um, at an event that's focusing on climate change organized by space um, for our planet. And they pulled together a number of uh, ambassadors and leaders from around the world to look at climate change, look at environmental justice, and how it affects us today and what are some of the solutions, specifically focusing on African women and uh, ind- indigenous women of color. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's great to begin able to continue this legacy that um, my mother started. And we're just really just walking um, and carrying on the work. And um, for those of you that don't know, I've been living overseas as well um, for about 15 years in the Caribbean. I lived in Jamaica for about 10 years, and then I was in Gambia for five and I'm getting ready to go back to the Gambia. Um, and one of the things that I created while I was in the Gambia was uh, the Connie Tucker Legacy Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was part of my healing. Um, I saw that my mother did so much work in the world, and I just needed something to kind of 
skills, but at the same time carry that work on. And so through Connecticut Legacy, we've done a number of work uh, with young people. We created uh, these camps in the Gambia where we specifically worked on performing arts, leadership, youth development, um, self-esteem, just training them in different areas, whether it be arts, whether it be music, whether it be uh, poetry, filmmaking, um, sports, you name it. And then in addition, creating projects and programs here in the United States where we can link the two continents, uh, Africa and, and, and America, mm-hmm. um, in these different areas. So it's just a few things that I've been doing. Of course, you know, I'm a publicist, I'm an international publicist. I've been working with different uh, genres of music, hip-hop, reggae, um, yeah, all over the world. So, yeah, I'm just elated to be, be on the show and um, just continue to share dialogue um, and, and how we can work together as, as family, as this talk. thank you yes that's powerful very powerful Mm -hmm. and look forward to hearing more about you know the this conference that you're attending and the outcome you know of and how we actually can be a part of it and and help and support you know because um one thing we have to understand and start to address is supporting each other's (laughs) endeavors you know no matter where we are internationally locally you know, out of state, but we just have to be supportive of one another. And so um, very proud of the work that you're doing and just hearing what's going on is, is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Maya. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, greetings, everyone. My name is Maya Tao Shami. Um First, I am the daughter of Bayou Omar Tao and Connie Tucker. I'm also the wife of Fadi Hoshemi and the mother of my beautiful twins, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Nolan and Yelani. Um, I wear several hats, um, obviously, as a mother. I'm a driver one day. I'm a doctor another. <laughs> <laughs> but I take pride um, in my new adventure, being the uh, founder and director of Great Institute. Um, it is a marine science research and education institute here in the Gambia, West Africa, and it stemmed of the need of educating the next generation of scientists in the field of oceanography, marine science, linology, um, understanding the ecosystems of all aquatic environments um, in the Gambia. And growing up in the Gambia, you know, this is something that I fell into, but unfortunately, many people here, we are not... Um, you know, we don't see the uh, rivers and the oceans as, uh, uh, I guess, the formal um, way of understanding it. So we use a lot of le- local um, knowledge to, 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 to learn about it. But now with my institute, we are integrating both local knowledge and, I guess, conventional <laughs> knowledge mm-hmm. to learn about uh, marine science here in Canada. Very nice. Very nice and commendable um, work that you all are doing. Um, yeah, thank you for taking a break <laughs> from your UN sessions, Olimata. And um, thank you, Maya. I know that you are, you know, directing, you know, an entire institute and you have your students and things like that. So, again, we thank you for your time. Um, one of the reasons why we started with you all sharing a, a bit about you Um, your kind of biographical information um, and the work that you do 
is because as daughters of the whirlwind, as children of the movement, um, oftentimes we um, live both within the glory and also um, under the shadows of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not in any way to discount, you know, who our parents are, but to center ourselves within our stories. And so now I do want to shift over and um, talk a little bit about this person that you all have mentioned, um, Connie Tucker, mm-hmm. right? Mama Connie Tucker. So mm-hmm. we all have our experiences yes. with Mama Connie, <laughs> yes. um, a.k.a. CT, <laughs> um, personal, you know, also professional mm-hmm. um, movement wise. Um, but let's hear from from you both. Who Who is Connie Tucker? <laughs> well, um, wow. Mama was, I used to think she was like the hardest mother in the world. Because, <laughs> um, she was one of those people where she was highly disciplined. She was very, very organized, um, very focused. Um, and she was the go-to person for the movement when it comes to uh, creating resources and meshing out how things should be organized or organizing things down to the teeth. Mm-hmm. She was very meticulous about that, and I think she trained a lot of people around her in the circles, including us, on how to be very uh, organizationally structured when it comes to whether you're organizing uh, movements, meetings, uh, just little things. Mm-hmm. But I think that was just her main thing, organize, organize, organize. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people, um, I, I hear people say, you know, when you're a child of the movement, you just automatically just become a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. My mother never really pulled us into the movement. We just kind of became a part of it um, mm-hmm. because of what was going on around her. And we didn't really find out, like, about her activism. Well, for me, anyway, it, I didn't find out about my mother's activism as a political prisoner until I was in high school. She really shielded us away from that as a way to protect us. Um, and it was more so when she passed. So my mother was, like, one of the the first black uh, black female political prisoners in the Black Power Movement. Mm-hmm. She was arrested in 1969. She and her, her young uh, organizers, comrades during that time, they created an organization called Black Youth for Peace and Power, mm-hmm. where they were fighting uh, to stop their high school. They were trying to close their high school um, and merge it into a white school. So they, mm-hmm. they organized. And then when she went to college, she organized through Black Youth for Peace and Power, where they started the first African-American uh, studies programs uh, at University of South Florida. Mm. But during the time leading up to that, she was always being targeted because of her activism and also working with Jomo and Amali Yeshichela and the Uhuru movement. So eventually she got caught up and imprisoned, uh, and there was a free Connie Tucker campaign when she was 20, um, and she ended up spending about a year in solitary com- confinement. And that campaign was led by individuals like Omalia Chatella, uh, James Orange, uh, Kwame Ture, uh, Martin Luther King, um, a brother uh, uh, Mukasa, and a number of people in my family, my, great- my grandfather, sorry, I'm over here by the police, uh, my grandfather, and just members of the community and the, and the movement at large. So she ended up being freed, and when she came out, uh, my father at the time was the roommate for Brother Mukasa. Mm-hmm. And um, a part of the All African People's Revolutionary Party, he was an exchange student from uh, from Gambia, going mm-hmm. to Tuskegee University on a scholarship mm-hmm. uh, for ag- agriculture. And so, being that he was Brother Mukasa's roommate, and Brother Mukasa was on the front mm-hmm. line with Kwame Ture and all of them fighting to free my mother, who was a part of this black nationalist movement and black Pan African struggle, 
um, they met when she came out, and it was just like love at first sight. And so um, <laughs> that's so we really she were part of the movement, right? <laughs> yeah. Really, that's revolutionary love. Y'all are the manifestation of uh, right. pan-Africanism. Yes. That's right. So it's a beautiful story. I used to mm-hmm. tell people that, you know, we were really breastfed on the movement and breastfed mm-hmm. on pan-Africanism because mm-hmm. we came out of that whole movement. Yes. And being that my mother was so young and in uh, um, uh, solitary confinement, I think that scarred her a lot. So my dad ended up getting his master's Hawaii and Honolulu, and I ended up spending the first three years of my life there, and then we moved back to Africa, and that's where Maya was born in the Gambia. So when I go back to saying that she shielded us from the activism as a prisoner, it wasn't until really she passed that I began to dig, 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 and dig, and I was like, oh wow, Mama was suspended from high school for wearing a head wrap. I was suspended hmm. from high school for wearing a head wrap, still not in high right. school. You know? Crazy. So there, there's so many similarities in even our journeys as mm-hmm. children of our parents that sometimes we don't even realize how similar we are mm-hmm. until they demise and we begin to dig, you know, and yeah. find out exactly who they were, not just who they were as our parents, but right. who they were because of the impact that they made on the world. So my mother was so dynamic with the, the work that she did um, in Africa, working for the United, uh, USAID and then coming back from Africa, a co-founding 21st Century Leadership Movement, co-founding mm-hmm. Black Youth Leadership Development Institute with Dr. McLean, uh, Southern Organized Committee for Economic Social Justice, serving as director, and all the uh, millions of people that she helped save through the environmental justice work that she did. And that's why even today, me being in the United Nations, that's environmental justice um, a seminar and conference has been organized by uh, faith on our planet is so important. So um, I'm just I'm just happy to be able to even discuss the legacy because it's, it's very important that we share their stories to keep their memories alive and to also remind um, people the work that's been done and the work that needs to be continued. Yes, very important to share yeah. the stories and I know you were you know summi- summarizing it, but that's amazing. <laughs> Everything you just said yeah. is amazing and. You know, if you elaborate on it, it, it would be more mm-hmm. amazing and people would learn a whole lot more. And, you know, I'm glad that you're sharing mm-hmm. and that we're getting to hear these stories. Because when you do know your parents, you know, I think we forget. I know my children forget that I lived with without them. <laughs> you know, I know that they never lived without me. Right. But we we do forget. You know, yeah. we, you know, we, it's our parents who are like, yeah. well, it's it's yeah. we don't know anything about yeah. You know, what happened before. before. Yeah. And I think I had, we were talking about it on a previous episode when I said, it's not that I don't want to share things with my children. I just don't think about sharing what I was doing with them before they came into the world. So a lot of times it's important for us to ask our parents, talk to our parents about things. Mm -hmm. What was it like in high school for you? You know, because high school is different for us and it's, different now for the children so you know these type of things and we have these interactions with our parents grandparents aunts and uncles you know and older family members that we can learn you know about this whole person because Mm -hmm. they're you know they were a whole they lived a whole other life before Mm -hmm. they even had children right absolutely and it makes me um think about the fact that oftentimes when we 
look at activists and we look at their great achievements and accomplishments, contributions to our movement, Mm -hmm. we don't think about the fact that they were children, right? The fact that activists just don't appear out of thin air, Mm -hmm. right? They are cultivated either by their parents or their environment. And so I didn't realize that your mom, Connie Tucker, was only 20 years old as a political person. I didn't, I never knew that that she was that Mm -hmm. young, um, and that her activism started, you know, at, at that very young age. Um, it had to have Actually, started when she, she was 12 when she started. She started okay. because you have to realize when they came out in the 60s and the 50s, mm-hmm. it was harsh out here. When you talk mm-hmm. about the segregation and the white only sign, right. yeah. you know, um, her friend was killed at a bus station, Jimmy Lee Jackson, mm-hmm. in, Tuskegee University, in Tuskegee. So it was very, it, she had no choice but to become very young politically. Mm-hmm. inclined to fight for the liberation of her people because it was being in, in her face. In a, yeah. Alabama. Mm-hmm. It was right in their face. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So she started at the age of 12 in NAACP registering people to vote. And during that time, you could get killed for trying yeah. to register somebody yeah, to vote. Absolutely. Jackson was killed for going to the bathroom. I mean, mm-hmm. Sammy Young. Sorry, Sammy Young was killed for going to the bathroom at Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. He had to go to the bathroom at the Greyhound bus station, and they shot him. Mm-hmm. You understand? That was her best friend. And, and when she was passing, she mentioned his name on her deathbed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even mm-hmm. know that they were that close. <laughs> you know, wow. I find out in her life mm-hmm. that was one of her best friends. And through her friends that I met through, you know, people calling me and stuff, I got to find out a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that made them who they were. Right, and, yes. and these are the things that make us who we are to our experiences. And, and that's why she went so hard, because they were dealing with a very harsh time. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, being a political person at 20, registering mm-hmm. people to vote at 12, you know, being uh, 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 always followed by policemen at the age of 17. They were following her. She just didn't get arrested at 17. I mean, at 20, she was arrested several times. And right. again, at 17, mm-hmm. her culmination was at 20. They were constantly harassing her because they saw the potential in her, in her leadership. They saw mm-hmm. the impact that she had on the people. They saw she was the chair. She was the chair of JOMO. She was the mm-hmm. chair, the first chair of the Uhuru movement. Mm-hmm. This is where you have individuals like Dead Prayers. They come out of these organizations. Right. These organizations before even, I think, the Black Panther Party, if I'm not, I may be wrong, but <laughs> but if not simultaneously around mm-hmm. the same time you understand mm-hmm. but it's different regions florida you have alabama you have new york you have mm-hmm. california so many regions of different types of movement going on but it was a national movement when it came to freeing connie tucker and that was a, a huge huge movement to attest for the impact that she was having on the movement at that time where the whole country of, of activists will come out and fight for for her freedom, mm-hmm. you know, spearheaded by all these different organizations, you know, SDLC, Joe Mo, Uhuru Movement, et cetera, APRP, you know, so it was just incredible. And, um, you know, we have to, like I said, we have to continue to tell this story. I don't even know if Maya knows some of these things because, again, a lot of this stuff I'm finding out through her death and me personally doing research and, you know, trying to write articles about her as a journalist because mm-hmm. one of the things I do as well, I'm a journalist, you know, so... You know, we got to, we got to, we got to take all of this stuff, whether it's movies, documentaries, poems, you know, I know you all are doing a lot to make sure that you secure the legacy of your mother and your family, you know, but it's 
so, so, so important. Yes. Very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we make that point all the time is that we, we are constantly learning about our parents. Yes. Like as much as we as much as we, we, know, we know or we think, we, think we, we know, know um, we, we learn something, something new. new, especially mm-hmm. when we spend time with their comrades yes. or family members. Yes. We're learning things new or we're getting new perspectives on things that we already know. Mm-hmm. Um so I totally understand that yeah. and and even the research part, too, because yeah. other folks start to get interested in your family, yep. <laughs> you and know, share and, what they find. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, you know, inspires you to do your own kind of personal research. Yeah. And one thing you said, Oli, that um, caught my attention was how, you know, sometimes in their passing and it happens like this, you start to really see the similarities in your lifespan and your life's travels. And I can say the same. I know for my sisters and I just learning different things about our mother, you know, at different ages of her life and stages, you know, we've noticed, oh, wow, like that happened to me around that same time, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and because part of that is in our DNA, you know, it's like we can't even help that it is going to happen. It's just going to naturally happen anyway. But once we recognize it, it's like amazing to see how that that travels in that way. So that's a beautiful story and how you're able to recognize that and just reflect on it and build upon not just her legacy, but your legacy. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And Maya, she's doing some incredible work with great. Um, I don't know if she's going to talk about it, but I would like her to talk about <laughs> what she just did with the National Geographic. Yes. Talk about it, my Talk about it. <laughs> well, first I want to talk about my mother. <laughs> I talk about myself. Um, for me, uh, my mother, I called her CT because I was, you know, as I got mm-hmm. older, I had that, you know, she allowed me to call her CT. <laughs> right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about how she was as a, as a mother and as not her work, but mm-hmm. as a family woman. Uh, no, she wasn't the alpha of the family, and the alpha is are. She wasn't the omega of the family either. I, I know you guys remember Aunt Mildred, her sister, who lived with us. Aunt Mildred. But she, <laughs> yeah, Aunt Mildred. But she was the glue to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, she brought us together, um, obviously being one of, of six sisters um, growing up in the South. It was so important that we maintain that familyhood. Um, not only did within her immediate family, but also our second cousins, third cousins. It was so important for us to know where we came from. And so we stemmed from uh, C.A. Nall and uh, F.P. Nall, C.A. Christopher Offit Nall, and F.P. Pearl Pearl Nall, which is her uh, grandparents. We had a daughter, Bernice Nall, who is my grandmother, my mother's mother, mm-hmm. and then her father. And so because of where that legacy where Connie Tucker from C.A. Nall CNR was one of the few um, superintendents in in the South, and in, and I don't just say Alabama, but in the South because you know how it was back then. Mm-hmm. You know, um, African Americans weren't given the right to 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 either go to school or to even read for that matter, mm-hmm. and so CNR Sethanol is what they used to call him. He you know, spent his life making sure that he educated more African-Americans so they can be teachers and they can teach others. 
Mm-hmm. So that's who my mother came from. Mm-hmm. And her mother became a teacher, and her most of her siblings became teachers or mm-hmm. were in some sort of academia. And so um, that that is who she came from, and that's who she stayed. And it didn't just start within our immediate family, my extended family, but even in the community. Mm-hmm. I remember as a child, you know, it didn't matter who it was. If I knew them or only didn't know them or only knew them and I didn't know them, they always had somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from her being just, you know, just an arms-wide-open kind of woman. You know, mm-hmm. if you need food, if you need shelter, if you need whatever, we got it. And she taught us to also learn to share. Yes. You know, Oli and I are the only siblings, but I swear I feel like we have, mm-hmm. you know, so many that, um, you know, that I consider like blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because of who she was, she found like-minded people that also opened their doors to yes. us. Mm-hmm. You know, I know your mother, uh, Sister Falani, Mama Falani, was one of those people that I could always come to when I needed to talk to. And then there's so many other because they had that community thing where they reciprocated that kind of love. So that's who yes. my mother was. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Not Thank sure. you for sharing that, Maya. Mm-hmm. Long live Connie Tucker. Yes. Sister Connie. Yes. It's always beautiful to... um... And, and, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the executive order that was signed through the work that she did with SOC. The Environmental Justice Executive Order was signed in 1994 through the leadership of the Southern Organized Committee um, and and the Region 4 EJ movement, uh, which was a, a, a multicultural a uh, group of organizations from all around the United States, uh, specifically grassroots organizations in the South, um, mm-hmm. with sisters like Dr. Mildred McClain, Mama Bahati, Ooh. and others. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to remind our parents have done so much great work to the day yes. that they died. They were fighting on the front lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and another thing my mother loved, she loved to live a good life, like mm-hmm. at the end of her oh, life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was about really making sure you lived good. Like, we struggled. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, we struggled as movement children, especially when we came back from Africa. In Africa, we had a spoon in our mouth, a spoon. <laughs> but coming back to America, my mother was a single mother at the time. It was difficult, you know. But mm-hmm. when she was, like, about 15, 20 years before she died, thank God the Creator, would, you know, blessed her where she was able to really enjoy her, her mm-hmm. life. She received a number of awards, like the Bannerman Awards. You know, and she shared with people. So, you know, it was always a blessing, um, and it continues to be a blessing. I meet people all over the world. Sometimes I'm in the airport. Sometimes I'm at meetings. You know, sometimes I even here at the UN. One day I was at a seminar, and I ran into Tom Gotooth, one of the Native American brothers that that I know through socks since I was a little girl. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just beautiful to know that you know that people are still connected, even though she's not here. There are still people that. You know, just I can still reach out and, you know, help keep that memory alive. So for folks who don't know, because you, you've used a few acronyms. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is SOC? The SOC is the Southern Organized Committee for Economic and Social Justice. And it was a grassroots uh, organization, that uh, umbrella organization of all these different organizations throughout the Southeast mm-hmm. that came together to fight uh, for environmental justice Um and, and against, you know, dioxin, against PVC, against, you know, climate change, all these things in our communities that are killing us from the food, the air, the water, mm-hmm. you know, they were really protecting the earth. And so my mother fought for the humans, but she fights for the earth <laughs> as well. Right. And Absolutely. so, you know, a lot of people 
sometimes when we when we deal with black black power, we deal with Pan Africanism, we forget about the environmental justice mm-hmm. aspect of it. But right. if we don't have nowhere to live, no clean air, no clean water, right. you know, mm-hmm. no, no clean soil, clean, you know, good mm-hmm. food, we're not going to live. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my mother's major fights, and we continue that strongly um, here to carry the carry the legacy going because we understand that at the end of the day we have to take care of the mother earth. Absolutely, I remember the sock office <laughs> in yeah. the West End. Yeah. I think you know, like right. you said earlier, like um, you know, we're well, I'm younger. You know, Maya and I we're the younger sisters. Oh goodness, always. Oh God, I wasn't. <laughs> Maya, I wish I could see your face right now. <laughs> Why they, why I, can, they I can see your face, Maya. I know why, exactly. Why they hating on our, on our family position? This is what it is. I made the statement, and I'm getting <laughs> so as the as the younger as sisters, the right. <laughs> it is a lot, you know, that we don't know, and we come to know through our elder siblings. Yeah. And you know, so much of what Oli laid out, you know, I I had I can't say I didn't have an idea of because I knew some of the things, but. At the time that I, you know, remember meeting Mama Connie, mm-hmm. yeah, she was at SOC. She was at that SOC office in the yeah. West End. I was probably yeah. maybe like 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was my introduction to her. I think um, Tonda Seasway Shimarenga was working at that mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely yep. like a, a flashback, a throwback to old, old yeah. Atlanta because that was, what, 30-something years ago? But you're still the baby, Maya. You're still the baby. <laughs> yes, I remember Sock very well. Yes. And and just understanding, too, even at that age, mm-hmm. you know, that yes, this is mommy's friend. Because again, as a child, right. you're just like, oh, yeah, that's my that's mom's my mom friend. friend. Yeah. You know, and then you come to you realize start learning like, who okay, they are. Right. Yeah. Who they are in their, in their own, own right and yeah. what yeah. they're doing, what they're mm-hmm. doing for yeah. the community and for the world. Yep. And so I did recognize that import- yep. importance as well. Just stepping mm-hmm. To the office, yeah. looking at the boards, looking yeah. at the right. posters, yes. hearing her have conversations, yes. you start to realize, oh, this person is pretty important, right? right. You know, and doing some really key work for yeah. our community. Mm-hmm. And um, you bringing that up made me even think about as a teenager, because of course I'm six years older than you, so. I remember just being there, and she always giving me assignments to do. Yes. And I was like, yes. I just oh, came yeah. by she to say hi. <laughs> right. I just walked by. I was just with oh, my mom. mom. I thought, get in here. What y'all really supposed to remember is when we organized that Unity Community Peace in the Streets campaign. Oh, yes. In oh, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we remember that, too. When we got beat down by the yes. police, 100 and some police, yep. and y'all yes. got arrested. I'm surprised yep. y'all didn't even bring that one up yet. Well, listen, <laughs> well you just brought it up. Let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about it. Talk about it. it. Yes. Well, I, remember I, that. I was in New York at the time. Very yeah. clear. Yeah. And <laughs> I wanted to go. I begged mommy to go. And she yeah, was like, she was no, like, nope, you're not going to But Maya got to go. And Maya, I was like, but yep. Maya is going. And I remember it. I, I, I remember it so vividly. So, so yeah, so yeah, tell us ahead. about that. Oli, Oli. You can start, Oli. So, um, ori- <laughs> yeah, originally, the Malcolm X grassroots movement in Birmingham, Brother mm-hmm. Ackman and Ishmael, they came yep. to Ujima, which is an organization that I had started, and the task force to create a campaign um, to basically fight BFI in Birmingham. So BFI was Browning Service Industries, and they were trying to take all the all the trash from, like, New York, D.C., and dump mm-hmm. it in this small community, community. called Titusville in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So when they came to us, they were like, let's organize a march, and, you know, why don't y'all bring over some young people from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then we'll do it, blah, 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 blah. So we organized and strategized. And so mm-hmm. since it was going to be a small march, we said this time we wouldn't get a permit. 
because we were just going to do two breaths. <laughs> well, Little did y'all know. But, but, <laughs> now I'm sitting here like, I didn't so, know that part. Maybe <laughs> maybe I would have not right, gone. Now, wait a minute now. Now you know, now you know, you know, you know, you know what he was going to say. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we don't need that. Right. We don't need their permission. Exactly. That was Baba Ackman. Yes. So then, so we got, we started at the uh, civil, at the 16th Street Baptist Church. Yep. That's where we always yep. organize. I remember that. Assemble all the young people. Mm-hmm. And from there, we march against the museum. As soon as we bust a left, and we're on the, we're on the side. While we bust yep. a left, and this policeman comes and says, uh, you all don't have a per- permit. Where's your permit? You're not allowed to march. Da, 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 da. And so we went up marching. We're walking two breasts. Uh, breast side or whatever mm-hmm. and so we thought it was done we walk about three four blocks yep. and next you know it's a hundred policemen and they start us. eating us yep. i mean all i see is kevin's hair here yep. mm-hmm. i see chaka swinging i see ishmael mm-hmm. swinging i see tamu in the air at the time a <laughs> 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 And Ayala, Ayala got her tooth knocked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was it yep. was a definite uproot mayhem, and about eight of us got arrested. Mm-hmm. And then um, after we were freed, we went back and we went back to the drawing board. A month later, we came back five hundred strong mm-hmm. with different types of leaders from around the country and other activists from around the country. And we beat Brown and Ferris Industry, and they had to close down that transfer dump site. So. Yeah. We won that battle, and uh, even though we we had to um, hustle and tussle for it, but we yeah. won it. <laughs> yep, but remember... Uh... <laughs> No, so your, part your of, version. Yeah, my version. My version is okay. No, everything only said. Everything so you only didn't know said about the permit. Now, yeah, I didn't, you know, I think sometimes they leave stuff out on purpose. Okay, especially Baba Ackman. Yeah, He's like, I, no, this is need to know. I'd be like, like, if you don't, need all right, everybody, know. just get in the van. We're gonna do some things. Might get some ice cream in between. So you go for the ice cream. You like, all right? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know, he tried to butter up, but he never tell you the small details. You know what I'm saying? But no, um, everything Oli said was right. Um, the one thing I do remember, though, I remember because I think I had the flag hmm. in the in the in the in the, the I was about to say parade. I had the red, black, and green flag in the march, and I remember a cop car coming and almost hitting me, and Ishmael mm-hmm. jumping on the mm-hmm. cop car. Y'all know Ishmael. I remember that. <laughs> this, there's nothing you can do. Shout out, shout, <laughs> shout out, out to Ahmed, Ishmael brother. Ishmael. Listen, he, um, to my little brother. Down. Huh? Ishmael. What'd you say, Oli? I Ollie? remember, uh, I, fool, I remember you going down with the flag, and I was like, no, the flag can't go down. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, what about me? Right. <laughs> Save the flag. Let it go Somebody get the flag. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We, we made sure that flag never hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, but a fool, I hit the ground. So, a fool can get I back up. Who, right. <laughs> I can get on my feet on my own. The flag, we can't let that touch. No, but that's important. Very, everything you just said is so important, Oli, because that's key to who we are. Mm-hmm. That's That flag mm-hmm. represents... Right. When like when you going into a battle and your flag falls, that means you got you, defeated. Yeah. We were not yeah. de- we were not well, gonna be defeated. Mm-hmm. You know? And it represents the collective, exactly. Not the individual. Yeah. Exactly. So that's imp- that's an important part. But let's not forget, I don't know, I can't even tell you who helped me up. So now I gotta <laughs> think about it. Thanks for that reminder, Obi. And then totally forgot. She said, 
And yes, she said it wasn't only yet because only said we made sure the flag. Right, right. Only got the flag. flag. So we know how the flag got up. We know how the flag got up. Yes. And so I, I like only explained to. It was just mayhem after a moment. It was like cops everywhere, undercover cops and uniform cops surrounding us, and. The the crazy thing was you would you didn't even know they were undercover. Like I literally was saw my brothers being beat up and went to run yeah. and an undercover cop elbowed me in my eye. Hmm. And all I know is I was like, What? And then the next thing I look, I see my eye, who was the youngest there, getting maced. And I remember running over there to my eye. It was like so much going on. You know what I mean? Like it was it was yeah. emotional. It was crazy. Yeah. But the one thing I say is we all still stayed. We all still stood strong, you know, even amongst yep. everything that was happening. And um, I remember <laughs> I remember when we came back to Atlanta, a lot of the youth was like, oh, my parents wouldn't let us go. And I was just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't miss nothing. <laughs> no, nah, but, um, you know, it was important. And I think even us coming together in that moment, we all made sure we were there to help each other up. You know, because I remember Maya screaming and crying and us just trying to get the mace out of her eyes. You know, and I just remember all of us looking at these cops like, what are y'all doing to us? First of all, it was majority youth there. There was only two mm-hmm. adults, if I can remember, and that was Baba Ackman. No, maybe it was yeah, only Ishmael one. Yeah, was the oldest. Well, Ishmael was the oldest youth. 17 and under. Yeah, so, and Baba Ack was the adult there. So it was like yeah. they really just tried to trample on some children, you know. Well, they did. They, they did trample yeah, on they, us. Yeah. But the thing was, they didn't put our fire out. We stood mm-hmm. our ground. Nope. We stood together with one another, helping each other up, and um, definitely made sure that flag didn't hit the ground, so... <laughs> Thanks so exactly. Well, I just want to remind you that and next I remember year, 30 years of that. Next year, 30 years, and me and Chaka were talking, we got to do a documentary. We got to do something yeah. to yeah. document yeah. that. Yeah. I think so that was, was a jump kick start for us of that generation because it was national. It went all over yeah, the country. It did. I ended, yeah. up, I, I ended up being on BET Team Summit. Wow. Yeah, I and do on remember the cover that. Creative yeah. loafing, mm-hmm. you know, as a result of that and other work that we were doing with the UTAP with Ujima. So we got to make yeah. sure we come together and pull all the different people, Asantua, Dada, Ricks, you yes. know, all the different yep. people that were part of yep. the uh, team young and them, you know, and mm-hmm. just to tell that story because I'm sure it kickstarts a lot of what we see now with Black Lives Matter exactly. and that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I just wanted to say, so y'all were talking about who was the oldest. So Chaka was there. Chaka was the oldest, not mm-hmm. Ishmael. Yeah. Yes, the oldest, the oldest youth. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And Maya, I actually trying to like uh, calm the situation down mm-hmm. when they first saw the police. I remember Chaka and Baba mm-hmm. uh, Ahmed actually yeah. trying to make things easy and make mm-hmm. things peaceful, but they just didn't care. They didn't care. You know, it was like they were ready to, you know, they were ready to just go yeah. ham on us. And also, I just remember also the media being there just so fast. And and at that time, I quite didn't understand it. But now I do. And and although, you know, we had a lot of undercover people there and the media showed up really quickly, I'm happy that we do have a digital footprint of what happened that day. Mm -hmm. So if we want to bring it back to Mm -hmm. life, at least there is some footage um, of what happened. 
Yes, absolutely. That's a great point, Maya, you know, because a lot of times in the midst of it, each one of us see the different things, Mm -hmm. you know. And like you said, now when we go back to reflect on it, we see what they knew we were coming. So they they were already prepared. prepared. Yeah. You know, whether we had a permit or not, they were going to do what they wanted to do, because as Oli said, they were it was internationally that they were trying to put this garbage waste in the black community, you know, and they don't want you to protest anything against them. So for us to come down and if we didn't just localize in Alabama, it wasn't just the Alabama representing, we all came together from different states, different countries, mm-hmm. you know, and so the impact was bigger than what they probably thought it would be as well. Mm-hmm. And they, did, they didn't realize yeah. who they was fighting against either. So. Yeah. And it goes and, back And to- we didn't stop with BFI. Right. We continued nope. in, in Georgia. If you yep. remember in 285, there was that massive landfill. Every time yep. you were on your way to the airport, mm-hmm. you yes. could smell that bad thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. because of SOC and the work that CT mm-hmm. did, they were able to, you know, get that closed down. And, yes. And so there's so many stories of... Mm-hmm. of, of Okay, we got beat up, but <laughs> we were continuing to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but do you remember? Do you remember it. that that landfill on twenty five that you passed going through Decatur, uh, flat shows? That was the result. That got closed down too, as a result of the work of Sock. Yes. You know, so it's so many chemical factories, landfills. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people that got financially compensated yes. because of organizing done by SOC and yeah, other in Alabama, in Alabama and Tennessee and Florida. You know, so we just, we, we, we have to continue to work. Yes. Water, when we look at what happened in Detroit with the water, in Flint with the water, mm-hmm. you know, these things are still happening and affecting us on a daily, daily basis. So we've got to continue to, to continue to fight. We've got to continue to spread the word. Mm-hmm. And that's why your podcast is so important because it highlights so many different issues yeah. and gives people an opportunity to come together and galvanize and organize and strategize around these different issues. Yes, yes. definitely. Definitely. Well, definitely. we could we could talk to forever. y'all forever. Um, and mm-hmm. I, w- I wish we had um, a lot more time than what we do. Um, I want to honor both of you. Who that just means we have to do another episode. We have to do a part two. Yeah. We definitely have to do a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just say to that. Ashe. Just thinking about carrying on the legacy and continuing the work, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's hard not to think about the work that you are doing at the Great Institute, my yeah. eye. Because, you know, I'm following you. I'm seeing the pictures. You all mm-hmm. are cleaning up the rivers in the Gambia. Um, how did, you know, your, your activism, right, your kind of um, following your mother's um, footsteps and learning from her, how did that kind of steer you in the direction of the career or the trajectory um, of your life that you are, are living now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so when I was young, I used to work at SOC quite often with my mother, and she would have me go into these communities that were um, highly polluted by um, big industries. And, you know, she was there to, you know, collect water samples, like air samples, uh, the science teams that would come with her, and she would also mobilize the community so that they would know that they had a, you know, they could fight to have a cleaner, healthier environment. Mm-hmm. So I remember being young and seeing a toddler that had her menstrual, and I couldn't quite understand it. Like, mm. how could a rich nation like this, wow. you know, allow a young lady or a whole community, a whole community to be affected this way. 
Mm-hmm. And so it brought me back to um, the same issues that we have on the continent. You know, recently Africa has become Europe's and America's dumping site. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go out into the street, you see secondhand, you know, uh, electrical uh, washing machines, uh, kettles, iron boards, clothes, you name it, tires, <laughs> every secondhand thing is mm-hmm. being um brought to Africa as a dumping site. And the Gambia has always been um, such a beautiful, natural place. I mean, it's called the Smiling Coast for a reason. We have natural birds. Most of the birds migrate here. And so we have so many natural, uh, various species of, of birds that come here. Our aquatic ecosystem is beautiful. Yet and still, we keep having these issues of it becoming more and more polluted. So... Growing up here, I remember always being in love um, <laughs> with the water and being on the beach because of, you know, the electrical on the electrical issues that we have where you have one day no light, one day some light. Um, many of us spent a lot of our time um, by the beach where we get, you know, natural light and you know, fresh air. And so I knew I wanted to come back home because what I saw in America and what I was seeing in Gambia, and I didn't want it to happen here. But then when I got here, I realized that, you know, just like my mother's work, not many people knew that they could actually mobilize themselves to make a positive change. Mm-hmm. So one way that I, that I really wanted to do it was through Great Institute. You know, I was in my final years in undergrad, and all my professors were like, oh, you got to get into academia. And I was like, mm, yeah, it sounds good. The money is probably great, but what is the impact um, for Gambians? You know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of impact for other African-Americans, but I wanted an impact for them. So I came back home, and I realized, you know, it's not just about going in the streets and cleaning. It's about actually getting into the community, mobilizing them. So we thought of, you know, great has to have three umbrellas. We need to do the research, we need to educate, and we need to go out and do some outreach. And so that's pretty much what we do. Um, we work with nothing but young people because that's another problem here in Africa, on the whole continent of Africa, not just in Gambia. A lot of young people are un- unemployed, and they sometimes don't have an opportunity. So we decided, hey, it's easier to mold 25 and under, 30 and under, than 50 and above or 40 and above. Mm-hmm. So um, we employ, um, you know, either recent graduates of university or students that are in the final years in high school that they want to do an internship, or if you're um, still studying undergrad. And so we go out into the communities. We have a bunch of um, what we call outreach training where we teach them on how to use uh, basic uh, equipment, scientific equipment to help them understand the local knowledge that they have. And then for education, we offer free classes, university-level courses to um, UTG students, as well as some K-12 Courses that we offer. For research, we do a lot of research, mainly in looking at greenhouse gases. We measure uh, various greenhouse gases, air, water, and soil. There's this big thing about uh, carbon trading and the carbon, uh, you know, market. And so we're not involved in that, but we do try to help communities that want to get into carbon trading. Um, We teach them how to quantify the carbon so that they can, you know, work with the government and work with companies who want to offset their carbon emissions. So that's pretty much what we do. And I love what I do. I'm inspired every day by these young people. Um, They keep me young (laughs) and they Mm -hmm. keep me moving. Um, But it's nothing like being home and doing the work at home. 
Ashe. Oh, nice. And salute to you for yes. doing it. Yes. Salute to you for doing yeah. it. Amazing work. Amazing work. So, Oli Mata, if you can tell us um, about the Connor Tuck, Connie Tucker Legacy Fund, please correct me. Foundation, yeah. okay. yes. Uh, the Connie Tucker Legacy Foundation, like I said, was created when my mother died um, to basically just keep the legacy of her work. So, my eye focuses specifically on environmental justice. I focus on a, on a, on a few different um, topics, like I said, youth leadership development. Uh, one of the most specific things that I'm working on at this point, though, is we just repatriated my mother's archives to the Gambia, and I'm in the process of going to the Gambia the next two weeks where I'll be starting the Connie Tucker Legacy Center. And so that is going to be a Pan-African Museum, Skilled Center, Library, and eventually lodging. We were gifted some land, 150 square feet by 150 square feet in Jufure, um, by the chief of the village, which is a towel as well, Chief Taco Tao. And um, four years ago, during the corona epidemic, they gifted us some land. So eventually, I want to build a museum in Dupre, but I don't want to wait for that. Uh, we're going to use the archives. Um, I was executive director of the National Voting Rights Museum in Selma, Alabama, for two years. So I'm going to use my expertise as former executive director of the National Voting Rights Museum to create this uh, Pan-African museum based off of my mother's archive and artwork, um, statues. Y'all know how my house is. Mm-hmm. The house is like a museum. So I figured since my base is really going to be uh, transcontinental, uh, going between different countries in Africa, the Caribbean, and the United States, I didn't want to just har- harbor everything. So I decided I wanted to create an institution uh, that was going to be for pretty much everybody. And tourism is a major sector in the Gambia. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff to do, especially when it comes to cultural preservation and historic tourism. So that's going to be my um, focus, using this these archives to create an institution that can open up the eyes of the young people down there and using it to teach them different skills. Right now, especially with AI and the digital age, you know, skills, hands-on skills are so, so important for young people. And so we want to be able to, you know, give them the knowledge they're going to need to help them as we go into further into the 21st century. So um, you can reach me at www.connietuckerlegacy.org, connietuckerlegacy.org. Or you can call directly at 347-474-8274. That's a Google Voice number, 347-474-8274. And I can be reached anywhere in the world on that number. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much Oli. for sharing all that pertinent information. Yeah, I've heard of uh, bi-coastal, but transcontinental. <laughs> Come through. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and Maya, please let folks know how they can stay in touch with you and follow your movement. Right. Um, you can check out our website. It's www.greatinstitute.org. Um, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Great Institute Gambia. Um, and the number here is plus 220-244-GREAT. I'm sure. <laughs> plus 7328 right. All right. Thank you. Love it. All right, so we're going to close out with uh, what we call the Power Five, which mm-hmm. is um, five rapid-fire questions. We'll say a word or a phrase. Then we want you to respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Yes. All right, y'all ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True kind of Tucker. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Moja and Finley, talk to all right. The first word is whirlwind. Sisters. 
Yes. Mothers, daughters. Okay, next is a book everyone should read. Go ahead, Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Dead Aid for me. Um, I would say Our Stolen Future. It talks about the oxen and the impact that it's having on the animals, the people, um, as endocrine disruptors called Our Stolen Future. I can't think of the name of the author. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, a film everyone should watch. The Spook Who Sat by the Door. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, say that again. Say that. I heard. I heard. Oli said, oh, the, "A spook. The Spook, the spook who, who Sat, who by, sat the by the Door." And Maya <laughs> said, "What's, What's love, love got, got to, to do, do with it? it?" All right. Okay. All right. Your favorite revolutionary. My mama. Oh, that's a hard right? Yeah, my mama. <laughs> oh, my mama. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Check her swag. Right. Connie Tucker has swag now. Yes. She sure did. Yes, Hello? She did. Yes, she did. Okay, and the last one is your prayer for the next generation. Power. Mm. Power, mm. peace, and financial empowerment. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Love it. Yes. Thank y'all for participating. Y'all yes. did great. Yeah. Some great Definitely. answers. Thank y'all so much. This has been a great conversation. Yes. And, and, yeah, and we, a we learning. Love Thank we love you. Yes. So Definitely learned so much. We too. love y'all too. Yeah. And we're going to have to do another episode. Yeah. Definitely have to have y'all yes. back. Some more conversations because yes. there's so much more to unpack, yeah. share, mm-hmm. you know, build upon. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for the introduction can, into Connie right. Tucker and yes. her legacy. Right. To yeah. be continued. And can I just say that, please, for all you listeners, please come to the Gambia, West Africa. We get a yes. lot of uh, um, people in the diaspora visiting, you know, East Africa, Ghana, the closest to West Africa, Senegal. Please come to the Gambia. This is your home. The Gambia. (laughs) Exactly. The smiling coast of Africa. We all have seen the movie uh, Roots, where the Kuti Kinte family comes from, but we are bigger and we are more (laughs) than just a movie. So please come out and visit. You get here, we'll take care of you. Yes. I'm coming. And and she means it. She means it. I went, what, what was that, Maya? Like 11 years ago? It was mm-hmm. yeah, it was, was when Ami got married. Shout out to Ami and Xavier. That was two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Oh, yes. So yeah, they got married in ago. Senegal and I was like, mm-hmm. I can't go to Senegal without going to Gambia and seeing Maya. Right. So yeah, I was there for yeah, about and twelve Ami days. Ami comes <laughs> to Gambia quite often. She yes. she she loves the Gambia. We're we're Senegambian Gambian people. We're the same. Yes. Yeah. So I tell Maya all the time, I'm on my way. I'm still on my way. I know. And I'm coming too. Hold my place for me. Hold my spot. Well, I'd like to give a shout out to Auntie Kasima because she's actually taking a group of young um, daughters, Mm -hmm. young women over to the Gambia uh, in December. And my youngest daughter happens to be one of them that gets to go. So So I'm excited for them. They actually have a house. Right on the border of Gambia and Senegal that Mama Bahati has built. Yes. So this repatriation thing is yeah. not um, Beautiful. not talk. It's real. Yes. We, yes. we don't w- talk it. We walk it. You That's walk right. It, you're yep. living it. And I we say. love Mama Bahati. She has yes. been doing. And you it. never believe it. I meant at here at the uh, at the at the conference that I'm at the UN. Mm-hmm. I walk into the space where I plan a session, 
and I see my guy's uh, classmate, Ibrahima Jawara, not classmate, her sister's classmate, our mm-hmm. best friend's classmate, in the session. So wow. it's such a small world. Wow. You can go mm-hmm. anywhere in the world and run into folks you know. Absolutely. From That's the beautiful. <laughs> yes. You know, and we're all working towards environmental justice. Yes. So thank mm-hmm. you all for having us. I got to run back into this session. Oh, yes. um, the Mandela's just thank walked you for in. Joining. Mandela's daughter, just okay. granddaughter, just walked in. Yes. She's going to be speaking. But um, in EJ, right ahead, straight ahead. Straight, straight ahead. ahead, like okay. Matulu said. Love y'all, Love so, y'all much. so much. Love y'all. Peace and blessings. Love Peace. you. Peace. Thank right. you so much, lady. You're welcome. Yes. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Such a great conversation. Amazing. Yes. It brought back so many memories. Yes, it did. And like I said, I learned more. Yeah, I did too. Yes. I did too. And I thought I knew. You can always exactly. learn more. Yeah. Yes. Always going to be more to learn. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the jewel of life is the learning and gaining more knowledge and wisdom. Yes, yes. And I love what Oli said too. Yeah. A lot of times we think that you can't actually like walk the talk, but yeah. Oli and Maya are. Yeah. Or walking mm-hmm. the, the talk. talk. Yes. They're living Pan Africanism mm-hmm. and internationalism and, mm-hmm. and manifesting on the legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it's about. Carrying it on. And doing parents. it in their way. You right. know, and that's what we always talk about how carrying on the legacy does not always mimic or look like mm-hmm. what others want to be want to see. But it has it actually it looks like what we see and how we mm-hmm. need to, you mm-hmm. know. Do it for uh, for us, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, because every generation is different. The and things that our parents—that's actually what we're supposed yeah. to do. We're yes. supposed yeah. to look at the unique needs of our generation, right? Um, and ourselves, exactly. and also, you know, some of the challenges our parents yeah. face, yeah. and not repeat those exactly. things. So, yes. salute Olimata yes. Tao and Maya Tao Hoshemi. Yes, yes, salute, salute. sisters. And, yes. to, and Mama Connie Tucker, we love yes. you. Yes, hey, we love you, you. May you rest in peace. And Continue. Happy Heavenly to Birthday to you, yes. Mama Connie. Yes. yes. You know, on this anniversary we miss of you, your we birth. love you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we know you're celebrating. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you all follow the Connie Tucker Legacy Foundation. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of birthdays. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we do have a couple of family birthdays birthday. coming in <laughs> birthdays. October. Say happy birthday to my second oldest daughter, as in Wan Yi. <laughs> yes, her birthday is October 10th. And then one of our, well, no, he's not the oldest. Well, he is the oldest. Our oldest nephew on I was going to say Johnson's side, that's how I do. Right. right. Is Saquon. Mm-hmm. His birthday is the 19th. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of how, oh, gosh. Think how old are they? Think he's, in he, he's his, pretty he's old. Like They're young adults. Yeah, young adults. So happy you know, birthday, y'all. happy birthday to both of y'all, and I pray that this year you both get the things that you are aspiring to be and have and just do and just live. Just live your life. You know, and we love you and enjoy okay. it. Yeah, Nakapenda. Nakapenda. You have been listening to the Seeds of Revolution Daughters of the Whirlwind podcast. Listen to us at blackpowermedia.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us at Seeds of Revolution, that's Seeds with a Z, and Daughters of the Whirlwind on all platforms. Be blessed. Look for me in the world.